Okay, good morning everyone. This is Guru and the Wiz here, talking fantasy football on a Sunday morning nonetheless, July 5. Uh, Wiz, how are you today? How was your uh, 4th of July holiday? It's, it's pretty good. It's a really warm, humid uh, Sunday morning in New York City and uh, hope everybody is uh, staying safe and i thinking about, I don't know, what are we looking at here, about maybe... Ten Sundays from today uh, will be the first uh, actually uh, scheduled week one of the NFL. I mean, we're already uh, heading towards uh, first uh, week of you know July, and uh, yeah, I think uh, there's optimism, and hopefully that uh, will continue. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different things going on. I, you've mentioned this before in previous conversations that we've had about football getting the benefit of seeing what happens with other sports that are starting up. We, we know golf has been actually changing some of their policies as they've went along here. I, I actually saw something on Roger Goodell, how they're going to deal with asymptomatic players versus symptomatic players, you know, things like that. Baseball just finished testing, I think, all of their players. I think it was I, – I thought it was slightly encouraging that only – I think it was 1.3% of the players that were tested came back with positive results. You know, look, this is going to be a continuous adventure. Um you know, we are uh, part of that adventure, which is why we've kind of started doing these team capsules as as we start to look forward to, you know, the season starting and hopefully it's starting, you know, what it looks like with fans, what have you, you know, look, this is this is all new territory. So we're learning as we go along. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're moving along here and uh, we're going to start off with the uh, Houston Texans and uh, it all starts with Deshaun Watson. So uh so when you lose arguably the best wide receiver in football, um, you could say that the quarterback is going to take a big hit the following year. But Deshaun Watson has a unique skill set. Um, you know, he can run, extend plays, take off, score touchdowns himself. They have a good core of receivers. So what say you on Deshaun Watson? Um, big hit that he's lost maybe the best wide receiver in football or is that a whole lot of noise and you're not letting that affect your view on the short Watson he's a top three to five quarterback in your view oh wow that's just a it's a really good question uh, putting me on the spot right away and I, I I would say I would definitely say a moderate hit so there's a few different issues that I have with this with with this team uh, you know I don't really love Bill O'Brien as a, as a coach, um, I definitely don't like him as a general manager. Uh, I question the play calling, even with Deshaun um, with Hopkins last year. This is a team that only scored 30 points one time all season. Um, and by the way, that one time was early in the season at Kansas City when the Kansas City defense was definitely playing a lot worse than they were as the season wore on. So, so that's concerning factor for sure. And, and we're going to talk about the skill sets as we get along here. I think you cannot under undervalue um, or over-exaggerate what it's like to lose what I think is the best hands in the game. Uh, and, and, and I think also there's in the background you have a player that's, you know, I think there's could be some hard feelings about that. I know there was some tweets and it's calmed down after a while. I also do worry he's got a contract situation coming up. So I, I, I'm going to be a proceed with caution guy when it comes to Deshaun Watkins. In fact, I'd go as far as to say I don't think I would draft that quarterback as a top five quarterback this year. 
Wow, so he moves out of the top five in your in your mind uh, due to the off-season stuff and then the obviously, um, you know, of course, the big hit with with losing Hopkins. So, all right, that's a... But, that, but, that, but, but that's can, can I say, I, I will say one thing. Part of my concern on, and we're going to touch on it when we do talk about this wide receiver group, is my concerns about the consistency that the wide receiver group that he currently has is able to maintain, and I don't see that. I see that as being a big risk. Okay, fair enough. So there's a lot of mitigating factors into your slight downgrade. You're you're not saying by any means that you don't have that. You know, Deshaun Watson's not a top ten guy in your mind. You just don't have him in top five. That's correct. Okay, fair enough. Let's uh, let's talk about the Johnsons at uh, at uh, at running back, David and Duke. Um, Williams, I mean, what, uh, what, uh, what's your, what's your view on those uh, running backs? David Johnson stepping in, um, you know, will that be a seamless transition? Will he get back to his fantasy darling days, or you've seen enough of David Johnson, the fantasy risk? Where are you on David Johnson? So, so I love the fact. First of all, I love the fact that this, the both of these running backs in in David Johnson and Duke Johnson catch the football really well. So I think that's, that's, that's a phenomenal story for, for Deshaun Watson where you know, maybe they go back and watch some of those films on, on what David Johnson was able to do out of the backfield catching the ball. And Duke was very effective last year. So I like the players from that, from that standpoint. Uh, you know, the Houston Texans actually had very good success running the football last year. Um, Carlos Hyde, over 1,000 yards rushing. He's, he's moved on. Not exactly the fastest guy in the world, but he was able to be effective. Duke Johnson in, in that kind of third down back, um, you know, uh, come in to, 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 to give uh, the lead back a spell. Uh, also averaged almost five yards a carry. So that's encouraging right there. So the line is obviously doing some, some good work. They brought in Tunsil. You know, we know that. David Johnson, the player himself, unfortunately, has continued to move down in terms of his production. What I think is especially noteworthy when it comes to David Johnson is his yards per carry continue to dwindle. So that is a concern for me. He's not gotten any younger. Uh, In fact, of course, he's gotten older. So all of those things concern me. I I think David Johnson, though, could be one of those backs this year where he actually is an undervalued back coming into the draft. People have seen enough of his act over the last few years, which again, there's been injuries as well involved in kind of his deceleration of production. So I I think he's, he's kind of an interesting buyer low, buy low candidate. You know, I don't know where he's going to be ranked. I I haven't looked closely enough at him. Um, I would say he should be ranked probably in between, you know, kind of that 15 to 22 range at running back. But amongst some of the players that are down in that area, though, he's somewhat intriguing to me because I do love the way he catches the ball, and maybe he does surprise us to the upside. Yeah, I think if you're in a you know a point per reception league, he certainly um, has that value for sure. You know for sure because he he could he could catch a lot of passes this year. Um, and I think there's not much in the way of him, you know, goal line carries as well. So you don't really have to worry about that. So David Johnson, if he could stay on the field, if you guarantee me 
he was going to play 14 games out of the 16. Uh, I think I think he 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 has value. Uh, and I didn't comment really much on Watson, but let me get back to Watson. In my view, is I, I still have Watson in that three to five range. Um, we're going to get to the receiving core next. Yeah, they don't have Hopkins, but the the, the group of receivers is good. Um, but let's let, let's get to that. This this is not what I would what I would call an Iron Man group of receivers that you could count on to stay on the field. I mean, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb is getting up there in age. Um, Kiki Kute, Isaiah Coulter, they drafted from uh, Rhode Island, uh, an interesting player. So not a group that you could count on. And Brandon Cooks as well, who's had. I mean, I just don't. You don't want to wish anything, but you're just concerned that if it's a one more concussion, that could be a career ender. So the group is good in terms of talent. When Will Fuller has been able to stay on the field, I mean, he he's capable of putting up some big games with his outstanding speed. Um, Stills is rock solid. You know, Cobb is reliable, and 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 Cooks is is a, is a very good receiver when he could stay on the field. So in terms of talent, good. In terms of durability, not so much. So as a group, talk a little bit about the Texans receivers and are there any that stand out to you? It's an interesting bunch. Uh, what say you on the receivers? All right, so let, I'm going to start with Fuller, uh, Notre Dame guy. Been with them four years. Uh, out of a possible 64 games, he's played in 40 of them. Uh, so that that right there. And, and by the way, not only has he just played in 40 of them, but you know, coming back from hamstring injuries, which this has been a persistent issue for Fuller, it impacts him in game. Even when he comes back, you don't have that burst that the, that you normally do. So, so that really worries me. That being said, when he has been healthy, he has put up some of the biggest lines in the last three years. I, I, that game against Atlanta last year, three touchdowns. I think he had eleven or twelve catches, two hundred and seventeen yards. I think it was one of the highest scoring fantasy performances in the history of fantasy, actually, for a PPR league. So he has thrown up some monster lines in the last three three years. He, granted, he's had the beneficiary when he's been healthy. Is Hopkins has been the other side of the ball, so he's generally seeing one-on-one coverage. So, uh, you know, and that benefit kind of leaves a little bit. So that, that that's a challenge. But but he's a burner. He's got to stay healthy. I don't like that he's missed all those games. Uh, then you move into Brandon Cooks. You know, a player that has twice been traded for number one picks has had over a thousand yards in in a couple of different places. Uh, a very, very talented player, no doubt about it, you know, playing for the Rams, the Saints, and the Patriots. But it really scared me last year, the, the two wallops that he took in, I think it was back-to-back weeks. You know, the concussion story is no joke. And if a player is persistently getting concussed, his ability to come back from that gets more challenging. So I'm really scared about that. And Brandon Cooks is a pretty daunting guy. He'll go over the middle. Those are the type of patterns he runs. So he's a risk for sure. You mentioned Stills. I think a really solid third option, no question about it. I thought Kiki Kuti, who's on this roster, and, and he could be on the roster bubble as well. I thought he was an intriguing guy back in 2000. In 18, he regressed a little bit last year, also had trouble staying on the field. There was a few games in, in 18 where he really looked like a solid 
like a th- like a really good slot guy at times where he was very effective around the line of scrimmage, taking those little slants or, or bubble patterns and, and doing some damage with that. I, I would like to see that player make some strides as well so that this so that this receiving core has a little bit more depth to work with in the event of an injury. Yeah, and, and, and keep an eye on Isaiah Coulter. Um, it, you know, we talked about these Texan receivers' durability and – um, he's probably not going to be drafted, even in deep leagues. That being said, uh, certainly keep him and, and mark him down on your waiver wire list because of one or more of those wide receivers miss time. Isaiah Coulter brings a different skill set than really any of those receivers. He's, he's a, a much more of a red zone threat, catches ball in traffic, um, much better than any of those existing wide receivers. So while his playing time, if all of those players are healthy, is going to be, I would say, fairly limited, if, if one or more of those receivers miss time, Keep an eye on Isaiah Coulter. He he could step in there and he could uh, he could be a, a factor as well. Um, moving on to the tight ends, none of them distinguish themselves as far as I'm concerned or stand out to me or even would be drafted as a top 12 tight end. So I'll let you have a few minutes to, or even if you want to take that much to talk about Fells, Aikens, or Jordan Thomas, any views? Uh, do you think any of those guys are draftable in your mind? So it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I like that you mentioned Coulter. I think you're bang on, you know, cause he's a tall presence around the goal line. You know, that that's the one thing that Darren Fells has given them. Darren Fells actually scored seven touchdowns last year, even though he only caught 30 balls. Watson seemed to look at him around the end zone. So I think to your point, so one of those big guys around the uh, around the goal line, and maybe, maybe Coulter makes a bigger noise at receiver in here. But but for the tight ends, you know these guys are all you know. Fells is six seven. Um, they got the kid that used to be a baseball player. Um, Aikens is that Jordan Aikens, and they also yeah. have jo- Jordan Thomas, who really didn't do anything. But Aikens is an athletic guy as well. Um, you know, six four guy. Um, he had a couple of touchdowns. I think if you if you put Aikens and and Fell's numbers together, I think they caught a combined seventy odd balls. So, uh, but and I think Aikens also uh, Aikens also had a few touchdowns. So. Watson does look for the tight end around the end zone, so I think it's important, or, or a big target. So I think we can almost, we may be able to lump Coulter in with these guys. I think it's something to watch, but I don't think these are tight ends that I would be looking to draft at all. Um, these are these are potentially, you know, if they show some production early on and some chemistry with Watson, they're probably more waiver wire ads than draft day finds. I don't know, maybe. Maybe it's just my imagination and it just, you know, didn't happen as much as this. But why do I just get the impression that with the tight ends, Fells and Aikens, that a, a decent amount of their touchdowns came like when they were inside the five yard line and they would fake a handoff, then Watson would fake a reverse to a receiver coming around, and then Watson would threaten that he was going to run and then like just flick it to them. Yep. It wasn't, you know, I really didn't look up the stats of what the yards were in touchdowns, but I'm just not getting the impression that a lot of them were like 15 or 18 yard or 7 or 12 no. yard. 
like kind of like gimmick gimmicky touchdowns at the goal line, which is fine. The problem is you can't draft the Texans tight ends as an entry where you get get seventy catches. So as far as like individuals and people listening to this and thinking about the tight end spot, uh, you wouldn't recommend any of these tight ends as a top twelve guy, would you? No, not at all. No. Okay, yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, as far as uh, kicker, defense, anything you wanted to add, I know this is your uh, specialty. And I think, if my memory serves me correctly, not last year, but two years ago, you were a Kareem Fabaron guy uh, in one or more leagues. Uh, any any quick comments on defense or special teams as far as the Texans go? Yeah, so I, it seemed like last year, because the offense wasn't as potent, which was definitely the case, that, that, that he wasn't as potent. He didn't produce as much, but he was much more inconsistent last year. He missed five extra points, which is a lot of extra points actually missed. Um, sure. And, and he was 20 to 25 on field goals, and, and, and where he was a benefit the year before, he was banging in a lot of long ones. O'Brien wasn't afraid to send them, send them out there. I think the player lost confidence, and I think they actually stopped trying those long field goals after a while. So the combination of mixed extra points and him missing a few extra field goals, he kind of moved off the radar in terms of whereas in 2018 he was really productive and then last year that just was not the case. So, again, he has the benefit of kicking indoors. So hopefully he straightens out some of the inconsistencies that he had. And if this offense can show up, then then it's a good pick. But, you know, maybe not as, as good as it was, like I said, in 18. And as far as the defense goes, look, J.J. Watt seems to get hurt every other year. Um, you know, Whitney Merciless is the other name guy on this defense. Other than that, you know, I don't like the secondary. Uh, this is generally a defense that I want to kind of shy away from. Um, so I would say a defense that's, that's maybe just a streaming option uh, because of, you know, again, age. J.J. Watt's an older player, seems to get hurt frequently. And Fairbain, to me, maybe has um, a decent amount of upside because he's not going to be a top 12 kicker coming into the season. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Good stuff. All right. That's uh, all I have on the, on, on the Texans. And uh, we'll be moving in our next episode. Uh, Guru and the Wiz will be discussing uh, the Indianapolis Colts. So we stay in the division. Again, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. And we're on SoundCloud. Uh, you know, we really want to continue to move forward with this uh, and, and accelerate uh your knowledge because of what we are trying to provide you with these podcasts. So thanks very much. Wiz, thank you very, very much for, uh, I'm going to keep in mind this Colter pick. Uh, I don't ignore that. I think you, I think you might be onto something here. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to see. And like I said, you know, what makes him interesting is not only the different type of skill set that he brings, the fact that the durability issue with those existing and starting receivers ahead of him on the depth chart um, make, make him someone to keep in mind. All right, the pearls that you get from the Wiz. Thank you very much, Wiz, and we'll talk to you in a bit.